we've been talking about dangerous prayers and um, today's prayer, dangerous prayer, is God promote me. And it feels, in itself, it feels a really contrary prayer in the culture of Christianity. You know, we're supposed to be about humility. It's not about self-promotion. But this is a prayer that's valid and it's a dangerous prayer. I want to reassure you, maybe, this isn't going to be a prosperity teaching preach, okay? This isn't supposed to be a motivational preach, although I hope it motivates you. I hope it propels you forward. But this is about a process and understanding the countercultural process of godly promotion. This is about you living to the boundaries of your capacity. It's about you using your giftings and your, talenting, your talents in every way they were designed to be used, in every environment they were designed to be used in. When you pray, God promote me, you open the door to the uncomfortable, risky, big life, directed and extended by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's a pattern to godly promotion. That was weird. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> Gotta be honest. So there's a pattern to godly promotion, which will come up in a minute. So, <laughs> oh, I forgot to put my timer on. Sorry, Jamie. I'm doing it now. We don't want to be here forever. Right, there we go. Start. So it starts with the prayer, which is followed by the process and is completed by the promotion. I want to reassure you that I'm speaking from experience, okay? Two years ago, I was in a place where my work life, my spiritual life, everything felt stuck. And I, I knew that I'd prayed, God use me, I'd prayed that, but I just felt there was more, you know, it's not more financially, it wasn't more like house stuff bits, it wasn't that. It was that inexplicable yearning of the more of God and that there must be more than this. So in a roundabout way, I prayed the God promote me prayer. And I, what I actually prayed was move me forward, move me out, move me beyond. I prayed a really dangerous prayer and then went into the process. But right now I'm in the days of the promotion. So it's really important to understand that this isn't a one-time thing. This doesn't just happen once in your life. So life is full of seasons. I'm fairly sure ahead of me are more of those dangerous prayers, more of the process. I believe more of the godly promotions, but I'm telling you where I am now. I'm hoping to speak into where you are and I'm hoping to speak into where you're about to go. So first of all, let's start with the prayer. So this isn't a make me richer, this isn't a make me bigger. Um, in Chronicles 4 verse 10, there's a uh, reference to the prayer of Jabeth, which we've all used, you know, we've all heard that in prosperity teaching, but the prayer is, oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territories. In, a, in, in a sense, he's saying, oh Lord, that you would extend my influence, that, you know, to be a landowner is to make me have more influence. And in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14, where it talks about the fact that I haven't yet been made perfect, but I press on toward the goal to win the price of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the idea that I may hold of, lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. 
The thing about the promotion prayer is that, first of all, it's a prayer of recognition. We understand that we're all given gifts and talents from God. And in Corinthians 12, it says there are different kinds of gifts, but they're all given to believers by the same spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways the spirit works, but the same God is working in all these ways and in all people. It's a recognition when you say to God, God, promote me, you're recognizing that everything that you've given me, all of these skills and gifts and talents and everything that I know that is within me, I know it comes from you. I know it has to be used for your purposes. And it's a prayer of purpose, secondly. The thing about the prayer, the purpose of this prayer is for the extension of the kingdom. So it's not about the extension of me. It's not about me getting more. It's not a grabbing prayer. This is a prayer of the extension of the kingdom, which means the extension of kingdom behaviours in worldly places. You know, to be in a place where the world is promoting self, but we're promoting servanthood. Just a quick example, I was in work recently and we've just promoted two new managers. And obviously my, my role is above them. And I was just making the coffee, something I do, mainly because I like to make my own coffee. Thanks very much. Um, and also, it's a good example. Um, and so this new manager said to me, oh, I don't understand why you're making the coffee tree. You're a director. That's not your job. I won't be making the coffee. And I said, oh, no, no, no. In this company, we, we, we do servant leadership. So we serve before we lead. And she couldn't get her head around it. And I just said, just try it this week. Just try it. Try servant, servant leadership. Serve people before you try to lead them. About a week later, it was brilliant. She came back and she was like, yeah, I think I might try that servant leadership. I think it actually works quite well, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Funny that. But, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When you pray this prayer, it's an understanding of the transformative power of kingdom behaviours in a world that supports selfish ambition. It's a prayer that says, extend my influence so that I can extend the kingdom. It's also a prayer of surrender and submission. So last week, Jamie talked about the dangerous prayer of God use me. Okay, it's a good prayer, but it can't be followed by this sentence, but don't use me there. Okay, when you say God promote me, you're saying God promote me anywhere, everywhere, wherever you send me, that's where I'll go. So that's the prayer. And the prayer is always followed by the process. So in terms of my testimony, um, I prayed the prayer and I prayed, move me forward, make me braver, move me out of. And then I found a lump. <laughs> and I say, you know, that sounds really flippant, but that's literally how it happened. I went from this prayer of extension and bigger and more, and then something happened that made my world, and we've all had this in the last year, made my world go this big. It was literally about me and my safety and literally my mortality. It was so strange to have prayed a prayer that was expansive and then have the answer be so restrictive. Um, Jamie may not remember this, but the week I had my 
I went on the Tuesday to have my tests. And on that Tuesday, it was a, you so you have your first tests and everything's inconclusive. And yes, we found something, but we don't know what it is. And, you know, we'll leave you for two weeks and come back in two weeks and we'll let you know what it is. So the 19th of January, I came into church, okay? And Jamie had a no notes moment. And he was completely preaching in the prophetic. And he preached on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Um, and I listened back last night, and Jamie, here are some snippets. <laughs> so Jamie said, right, just remember where I am in this moment, okay? I've just had, I, I think I've, well, I pretty much know I've got breast cancer, okay? Jamie started and he said, I'm going to do something ridiculous and bold this morning. I've committed myself. I've dived in. This could be very short because I have no notes, right? Anybody love it when Jamie does that? Because I do. I was like, oh, come on then. Oh, sorry, Ali. <laughs> oh, dear. It's all going terribly wrong. Anyway, so we had that moment. And I was like, oh, OK, all right, I'm in. I've strapped in. And he said, I've done, I've done the right thing. Um, so right, that's it. So he said, how many of you in this room are at the moment feeling like I've done the right thing? How come this has turned upside down? Then another quote was, it's folly that the safest place is the centre of God's will. The fact that you find yourself in this dark place does not mean that you are not right in the middle of God's will. Right now, you may be standing on the edge of the fiery furnace, and it may well be that everything inside of you is saying, I am not going there. <sighs> That's how I felt. I am going to step back. And the reality is, if you do, you won't end up where God wants you to end up. You might be standing in the front of the fiery furnace and wondering, what am I going to do? And the answer is, walk through it, because God is with you. That was God saying to me, and maybe saying to some of you this morning, I know, I know I'm about, we're about to start the process. You prayed and this is it now, this is where I teach you. But the grace of God was that he prepared me, that I didn't, from that moment, there wasn't a moment where I was thinking, what on earth are you doing? Why are you, well, no, that's a lie. There were moments like that. But the, you know, whenever I had those moments, I came back to that of, no, you specifically told me, walk through it. I am with you. And if there's anyone else here this morning and you're feeling like that, that is my encouragement to you, that God says to you, walk through it and we'll come to the through okay be encouraged that this is an answer to your prayer it doesn't feel like it i understand that it really doesn't feel like it but it is an answer to your prayer every time there is godly promotion it is preceded by a process it's what jamie called last week the character refining school so you remember the fruits of the spirit the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If anyone's anybody watched Evan Almighty, that great quote about if you ask God for forgiveness, he'll give you an opportunity to forgive. If you ask God for grace, he'll give you an opportunity to be gracious. It's that. That's what the process is. The Bible is full of people who were taken through the process before they saw their promotion 
You know, Hebrews 11 is this massive passage, which is the most brilliant, you know, by faith, by faith, by faith. And it lists all of those people in the Bible um, who just walked by faith all the time. But some, you know, just a snippet that shows you that all of them, prayer, process, promotion. By faith, Abraham, God tested him. By faith, Moses, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God because he was looking ahead to his reward. In each case, there is the prayer, the process, and then the promotion. The purpose of the process is not to put your face in the dirt and humiliate you, okay? God is not about shame. God is not about putting you in your place. That's not the God that we serve. The purpose of the process is to show your capabilities and God's capacity, okay? The purpose of the process is for the purpose of your restoration. There are so many things in this past year that I've been healed of and not in the way that I thought I'd be healed. The people that I thought would come to me didn't come to me. And then that unearthed hurt and pain. But it was like, you know, when you have an infected wound and sometimes you just have to let the air to it and it stings and it's horrible. That's what happened, that when those people didn't come to me, it brought God to me where, you know, I know they didn't come, but I came. I know they didn't surround you, but I surrounded you. I know they didn't cosset you. I cosseted you. It's about teaching you how to lean in and lean on, okay? That you lean into the messages of God. You lean into the promises of God. You lean on to his understanding. You don't rely on yourself. You rely entirely on him. It's for the, to show your capabilities in the context of God's capacity, okay? You all have capabilities. You all have giftings. You all have the ability to do things. You all have the capability to love. You all have the capability to host. You all have the capability to come alongside people. You all have that. But when you do that in the Holy Spirit, your capacity is huge. You know, Paul and I at the moment are in this moment in our lives where Paul's got this thing where he does this. So you just say, Paul, can you do this? And he's like, yep, stick it on. It's another thing I can do. But but it's because we 100% believe that we are in the boundaries of our capacity, but that God is in it. So every time we think, I can't do this, another burst of energy comes, another moment of, okay, yes, but look at what God's doing. Look at, and it's, it inspires you and it propels you forward. The purpose of the process is to prepare you for the road ahead. One of my favourite quotes for parenting, which my kids probably don't like, is prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Okay. This isn't about God saying to you, I'm going to make everything really nice and smooth and you're just going to sail along life and it's all going to be great. And then you get to heaven and you've got an eternity of greatness and there's nothing in the middle. This is about God saying to you, do you know what? This world's really hard. The, the, it's so countercultural. It's so opposed to my kingdom. I have to prepare you. I have to give you the skills. And when I promote you, I need to know that you have the character to not become proud, to not fall to lust, to not, you know, be unforgiving, that you have those characters in you. Okay, but here's my warning. Don't, ooh, that was, that made you listen. So here's my warning. Do not get stuck in the process. The process is a season. 
for me, you might think that my process is defined by finding the cancer, having the treatment, getting the all clear from the cancer. But it wasn't, it was the after. It was the, okay, you're all good now, you can go now. Go and have a year, we'll see you in a year. That, that's when it came, that's when the process came. Because that's when the shock came and it brought up old habits of limited belief. So how do we get stuck in the process? We get stuck in the process because of a poverty mentality and we apply scarcity to our giftings. So a poverty mentality is kind of it's a psychological term, but we've kind of adopted it in the church bit. The idea that opportunities are limited, any risk at all is dangerous, any success is temporary and non-replicable, and generally remaining in the back of the pack is the safest. And what it does is that leads us then to that prayer, Lord, use me, but don't use me there, and don't use me there, and you can use me in work, but don't use me in the church because I've seen what's happened in the church, or use me in the church, but don't use me out there because I don't want to face persecution. We apply scarcity, we, we apply limits. The second reason is that we find safety in suffering. See, the thing about suffering is it's tangible, okay? If I cry or if I I feel suffering, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm in something, at least I can feel something. And there's no doubt in life that we have trials, that we're called to share in Christ's sufferings, but there's a difference between sharing in Christ's sufferings and just suffering. To share in Christ's sufferings is to understand that there is hope beyond the suffering, that after the wilderness is a promised land, that after the pruning is greater fruit, that after the crushing is new wine. The third reason that we lose, that we stay stuck, is we lose trust in the Father. And this links to the poverty mentality, but it's also the temptation to run from the presence of God when things get difficult. Because if you have a poverty mentality, you have a belief that you get what you deserve. So God gets, gives me what I deserve. So if I don't believe I deserve much, when God, when I go through trial, well, this must be God proving that I don't deserve much. So why would I go into his presence? Why would I go and sit with him and ask him for support when he's the one who's given this to me? Because it's what I deserve. It's a complete misunderstanding of the Father heart of God. We forget to abide in him. You know, even before this, it's hilarious when I look back. In the August of the, the December that I, I had breast cancer, that August I'd preached on, what if the darkness is the shadow of his wings? I mean... You know, it's just, when you look back, you just think, oh my goodness. It's so easy to jump in and out of the presence of God to go, oh, just bless me. All right, that's great. I'm going to go off now. Oh no, it's got awful again. If you abide in him, you understand that he cosets you, he surrounds you. And the whole time, two words for me, he stoops. Every time he stoops, every time I went into an appointment, I had to go into all my appointments on my own, he stooped. You know, this God of heaven, this God who created the universe, the great expanses of creation, stooped to be with me, to come alongside me. That is the father heart of God in your process. So how do you get unstuck? Just go back to the biblical promises of God. In 1 Peter 5, verse 10, it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, 
after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. And in Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. I could have got stuck in the process. I am very much somebody who has experienced poverty and I have experienced scarcity. And Paul will tell you that I do have a poverty mentality. But that experience has taught me about the faithfulness of God. There wasn't, a, there wasn't an appointment that I went to that I ever felt alone, ever. There was, you know, the day that I had to go to have my operation. I've never been put under general anaesthetic. I have no idea what that felt like. I had to walk up, you know, you, basically somebody comes to the room, pulls in the room and they go, okay, you come with me then. And you walk down this, like, it feels like this corridor that goes on forever. You walk down this corridor. But the, the moment that I thought, oh, no, I can't do it, oh, no, was this, like, gumption, get in there, girl. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> you know, just that, like, I'm with you. I'm, you're not on your own. But then afterwards, the, the commitment to not get stuck, because I didn't want to believe that God gave me cancer. That's not my belief system. I don't believe that God gave me cancer. I do believe that life has trials. I do believe that we live in a fallen world where there is illness. I also believe that God stoops. I also believe that God cosets you. I also believe that God brings you through. It's your choice whether you stay stuck because all that does is extends the suffering. And by extending the suffering, you're not getting any holier. You're not getting any closer to God. You are just staying stuck. You have to put, you know, your face like a flint and press forward, move forward through it. So, okay, you've prayed the prayer. You've been through the process. You're not gonna get stuck, okay. So then comes the promotion. And God does move you out of and forward into and your influence is extended and your gifts are being used in all of the places God has for you. But it's so uncomfortable. God stretches the boundaries of your capacity. He does. There's no doubt. You, it's like this, what I, in my mind, it's like this collaboration of your, your capabilities and his capacity. You feel me, these are, what, these are my words, but you literally feel on a daily basis, yeah, this is too much. Like, this is beyond me. And it's really uncomfortable, but oh my word, it's so exciting. And that discomfort is the key to your humility, okay? Like I said, this isn't about God keeping you down. This isn't about God going, well, remember how small you are. Remember how, you know, incapable you are. It's not about that. It's God saying to you, you know, when we do this together, look how much we get done. Look how big this world is. Look at your potential in me. In Galatians 5.13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. When you've been through that process, you'll find that people come alongside you who have also been or are in that process. And your promotion is also about you grabbing their hand and pulling them through. 
You know, if you've climbed the mountain and you're at the top of the mountain, you've got the strength to reach down the mountain and pull people up out of the pit. That's part of it. The challenge after your promotion is to remember the lessons of the process. It's remembering to lean in and lean on. Remembering, like in Proverbs, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will make your path straight. So, I don't know how I'm doing for time. Could be quite good, actually. Not bad, only 20 minutes. Which gives us a great time for response. Are you ready, Emma? <laughs> um, today, I, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are in that process. I don't know if you are just praying that constant prayer, God promote. I don't know if you're in the God use me, but don't use me there place. And so today, there are different responses for everybody. One of the responses could be a reconsecration of your gifts. You know, you might feel like you've been using them. Yes, been using them, being very faithful, been very good, doing, you know, doing everything I'm supposed to do. But they're not surrendered gifts. They're gifts that you are applying scarcity to, that you're placing the limits on. So today is the day that you reconsecrate them. You bring them back to the altar. You say to God, okay, God, use me anywhere. You promote me. It could be that you today are praying, I've done that, right, enlarge my territories. What are you afraid of? Because you're not doing it on your own. What, what, what's the worst that could happen that God shows you how great he is, how big he is, how much he can do through you? Are you in the process? You know, are you over here just not wanting to get into the presence of God because of how hard it is, because of how much he's doing? Because right now you, don't, you just don't want to learn the lesson because you're tired. Maybe it's time for you to come to the altar and remember again the promises of God over you and not just the biblical promises over you, but things that have been spoken over you in your life that are counter to the other words that have been spoken over you in your life. You need to remember what it is that God says about you, not what man has said about you or the limits that man has placed on you. Or are you at the moment of godly promotion where it's all feeling just a little bit uncomfortable and you need to be reminded again of God's capacity? So, Emma, I'm going to ask you to come back, if that's okay. It's a bit... Uh -huh. I'm still on the August time frame, so I'm... <laughs> but I just really encourage you today to just, you know, take this as a moment in, in your life where you do consecrate yourself again to God and, you know, come to the altar and... I think they've got, Dave, is there a ministry team still? Can you remind me of the ministry team things at the back? So if you want somebody to pray with you, there's the ministry team at the back. But we've also got the open altar where you can, as Jamie calls it, come and do business with God, where you can reconsecrate yourself and your giftings and 
just release those boundaries again. You know, for, as a church, this is the time to be praying this prayer now. You know, as Martin said, we've all been locked in. What is church now? Let's pray, God promote us. Imagine what would happen if we were all using all of our giftings in all of the places we're supposed to be using them. You know, this world is crying out for a church who is active and responsive and, and understands them and shows Jesus to them. They're, they're as tired as you are, but you've got a difference. You have the Holy Spirit, okay? So I'm just gonna hand over to the worship team. I'm gonna pray and then I'll just give you opportunity to just respond to that word. Father God, I just pray that you will make us a brave church, Lord. Father, extend the territories of our influence, Lord Jesus. Father, as a collective, Lord God, inspire us, Lord Jesus. Father, the church has been fallowed for so long now, Father God. Jesus, will you put bones into gardens, Lord Jesus? Will you raise the army again, Father? Jesus, will you inspire us again to stretch the boundaries, Lord God, to rely on you, Lord Jesus? to understand that underneath are the everlasting arms. Father God, I just pray in your name, Lord, that you will now call your church out, Lord. Father, that you will call every single person sitting here today. Father God, bring them out, Lord God. Move them forward, expand their territories, Lord Jesus. Give them the confidence. Father God, just inspire them, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, will you move today, Lord God? We invite you now, we invite you now just to the Ruach breath of God. Breathe on this place again, Lord Jesus. The Ruach breath of God, the life-giving breath of God, Lord Jesus. We just pray it now. Pray in your name, Lord Jesus.